Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you for the people you've called uh, to our church and uh, for those who, who serve in our church just week in and week out. And, and there's those of us who are here on the platform, but there are those who, who work behind the, the scenes uh, all the time. And, and we're just grateful uh, for each church member, uh, each person you've placed in our lives. We thank you that we, we have this family, this community uh, in which to worship. So we ask, Lord, that uh, again, as we gather around your word, that you would open our, our hearts, that you would open our eyes, uh, you'd open our minds to see what you have for us this day, <clears throat> that we would uh, learn anew or be reminded again of how wonderful it is uh, to be sheep of your pasture, to be sheep of the Good Shepherd. Uh, we ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen. So we're looking at John uh, chapter 10, and we, we looked at John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10 last week, and this week we want to look at verses uh, 11 uh, to 18, uh, where uh, we learn about Jesus, uh, the Good Shepherd. Beginning with verse 11, I am the Good Shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And when Jesus uses the word good, he's saying that I am uniquely good. You, you see, the more common Greek word uh, for good is agathos, from which we get the name Agatha. And agathos speaks of being morally good. But the word Jesus uses is kalos, which certainly means morally good, but you have to understand that it also carries with it the meaning of beautiful and winsome and lovely and attractive and pleasant and excellent and precious. And it means beautiful and winsome and excellent and so forth at all levels, fully, completely. Jesus is saying, in other words, I embody goodness. Thus, as I pointed out last week, he doesn't just say, I am a good shepherd. No, he says, I am the good shepherd. James Boyce points out that the word can also mean genuine or true as opposed to false or artificial. 
what Jesus is saying is, is I'm the real deal. That, that's why Jesus can say others are just the hired hands and therefore they'll flee, but not me. I'm the real deal. I'm the good shepherd. I'll go so far as to lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus is uniquely good. How? Well, because he's God. Please note that when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's once again referring, he's making yet another claim, if you will, to deity. Jesus is talking to Jewish people here, and, and he's talking to people who know the Old Testament. He's talking to people who knew Psalm 23, the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, uh, is my shepherd. But they knew Psalm 80, give ear, O sheep of Israel. They knew other passages like Isaiah 40.11, which speaks of God caring for the flock like a shepherd. So they knew that Jesus was equating himself with God. They also knew that Israel's religious leaders were viewed as their earthly shepherds. But Jesus seems to refer to them in this text as just hired hands. They're nothing more than hired hands who will flee when there's danger. We need to understand that Jesus' claim to be the good shepherd, folks, is radical. It's shocking. He's saying those Pharisees, those scribes, those priests, they aren't really shepherding you. But I will. I'm the good shepherd. I'm uniquely good, for I am God. So what makes Jesus the good shepherd besides the fact, the obvious, that, that he's God? Well, I've already alluded to one answer, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is first and foremost our good shepherd, folks, because he lays down his life for us. It's obviously foremost because Jesus repeats it four times in verses 11, 15, 17, and 18. Jesus says, I, I'm no hired hand who's going to run away when there's danger like a wolf. No, Jesus is the good shepherd. He will go so far as to lay down his life for his sheep. And in fact, he has gone so far as to lay down his life for you and for me. And we need to understand that Jesus did this of his own accord, beginning with verse 17. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. When we think of the death of Jesus, we must not think that it was an accident or that it was forced upon him. No, Jesus voluntarily died for you and for me. Yes, Jesus prayed on the night of his rest, arrest, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Look, who wouldn't pray something like this knowing the hours of torture that awaited Jesus? But don't make a mistake of seeing even this prayer as a tra tragic resignation as if Jesus was praying, okay, Father, if I have to. 
No, the Father and the Son had made this plan before the foundation of the world. Peter said it, says it so well in Acts 2.23. This Jesus delivered up according, what does it say? To the definite plan and the foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. And when Jesus was arrested, and one of his disciples drew a sword, and, and they cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest, Jesus told the disciple, he said, put away your sword. And he said, Matthew 26, beginning with verse 53, do you think? I mean, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? In other words, Jesus said, I could stop this right now. In fact, I could stop it in an instant. I could call down 12 legions, which is somewhere between 60 and 70,000 angels. And I could annihilate everyone who's coming against me. But this has to be. This was mine and the Father's plan from the very beginning. Jesus willingly went to the cross. And he did so for us. For you see, Jesus' death was also vicarious. And in theological terms, we call this vicarious substitutionary atonement, which means he died for us. He took our place. Verses 11 and 15, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. Who's he lay it down for? Not for him, for the sheep. I lay down my life, verse 15, for the sheep. Jesus died for the sheep. He died for us. He died in our place. Our sins are worthy of death. But Jesus, the only perfect person that ever lived, died in our place. He was the substitute. He was the sacrifice for us. By His wounds, we have been healed. By His wounds, we have been forgiven. Jesus' death was also specific. In verse 14, he speaks of his own. We don't know who his own are, only he knows who they are. But if you know yourself to be saved by grace and you've come to the trusting faith in Christ, you can be assured that he's called you as his own. And he died for you. Amen. And finally, the reason Jesus laid down his life is proof that he's the good shepherd. Verse 13, Jesus says, He, that is the hired hand, flees because he is a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, the implications are clear. that The hired hand doesn't care. He's going to run away. But Jesus cares. He's the good shepherd. He cares so much for his sheep that he laid down his life for you and for me. And instead of the word care, we could properly insert the word he loves us. I mean, why do you care for people? You care for them because you love them. Jesus loves you and me. He compares us to sheep, folks. Smelly, dirty, dirty prone to get into trouble. 
My dad took care of sheep when he was a young boy in high school. He says the dumbest animals he'd ever been around. We're like that. And yet, Jesus loves us. Have you stopped lately to ponder how wonderful it is that we're sheep of the Good Shepherd? Have you thought about that lately? Our shepherd laid down his life for us. He did so specifically for those he's called, and, and he did so because he loves us. I don't fully understand a love like that. I really don't. I mean, according to 1 Corinthians 13, I'm everything that love isn't. I'm impatient, unkind, envious, boastful, arrogant, rude. I want my own way. I'm irritable and I'm resentful. Have I confessed enough personal sins yet? I'm all of those and so much more. And honestly, so are you. And yet, Christ died for us. I don't understand the love so great. But I believe in it. I'm grateful for it. I rejoice in it. I rejoice in our good shepherd's love, don't you? And his love just continues to get better when we think about the fact that he loves us even though he knows us. Verse 14 again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me. There's actually comfort in the fact that Jesus knows us and can be known by us. It's comforting because I think we long at some level. We talked this morning about keeping it hidden in Sunday school, but at some level we long to be known and to know others. Now we do keep up a facade. Uh, there's a there's a real hunger in us to, to be known and to be known by others, but yet we struggle. But because we're afraid that if they see the true us, if they see the, the real us, then they won't love us. Maybe our friends will reject us. Maybe even our family will reject us if they see the true us. Though I don't like the, the theme of leaving in his song, George Strait pegs us in his classic country music song from 30 years ago. Baby, since you left me, there's been somebody new. She thinks I'm perfect, I swear. She likes my body, my class, and my charm. She says I've got a confident air. She respects my ambition, thinks I'm talented too. But she's in love with an image that time is bound to see through. Oh, you know me better than that. You know the me that gets lazy and fat, how moody I can be, all my insecurities. You've seen me lose all my charm. You know I was raised on a farm. Oh, she tells her friends I'm perfect and that I love her cat. But you know me better than that. There's no one on this planet who knows me better than Jeanette Redmond. She's seen my moodiness. She has definitely seen me lose my charm. But even she doesn't know, for example, 
all my thoughts because, well, occasionally I'm at least smart enough to keep them to myself. But Jesus knows everything. Even those thoughts that I keep to myself. No one knows us better than Jesus. He knows all that stuff we talked about. He knows about our selfishness and our arrogance and our rudeness and so forth. He knows if we even don't like cats. In fact, he knew all about us before we ever knew him. I believe he knew all about you and about me before uh, he formed the foundations of the world. And yet the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had a plan to save us. Jesus knew us and yet he died for us. In fact, the reason Jesus died for us is because He knows us. He knows that you and I will never be good enough. He knows that you and I can never save ourselves. He knew us and He knows us still, and yet as Romans 5, 6-8 says, for while we were still weak, while we were weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows or God demonstrates His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Paul said scarcely or rarely would, would someone dare to die for a good person. But I want you to know that Jesus knows you inside and out. He knows everything about us that isn't good. And He doesn't bless it. And He wants us to see us do better. But He knew all about it when He made His plan of salvation. And still, and still, He died for us. It's amazing love. I don't have words to describe it. Once again, if you've never trusted in Christ's saving death, I want to urge you to do so today. Just to believe this very day that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. But if you've trusted in the Good Shepherd, and many of us here have, I would urge you to realize anew what we're going to sing in just a moment. Jesus paid it all. All to Him, I owe. Ponder that as we sing. Jesus paid it all. All our sin. All our brokenness. All that stuff that we keep trying to keep others from seeing. Jesus paid it all. So all to Him we owe. Let's give Him our praise. Let's give Him our lives. Jesus paid it all. All to Him we owe. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank You for being the Good Shepherd. And though I, I can't fully describe it, and though my words are less than adequate, just thank You, Lord, that, that though others may flee, You do not flee our side. 
though, though others may turn their back on us when they, when they see us warts and all, you don't flee. You didn't even flee the cross. You saw it all and you died for us. Oh Lord, thank you for paying it all. Thank you for taking all of our sin upon you. Thank you for enduring the scorn and the shame and, and the pain of the cross. Lord, really, we, we bring nothing good. We, we don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. We, we bring nothing in our hands. Our, our only hope is your mercy in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. So, Lord, we owe you everything. Not just a Sunday morning piece of our lives or a Monday devotion piece or, or an evening prayer piece of our lives, but we owe you every moment. And so we surrender our lives to you. All to your glory and your praise and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.